all these dimensions, worlds, alternate realities, and they're all right on top of each other. It forks off into a new possibility. We wanted choices, chances, the movements would allow us to travel to a dimension permanently, stay there. Welcome back to the MY Patriots show. We are continuing off again with uh, Sean McCann from Wake the Dead. We will be uh, continuing where we were in the ninth gate, uh, basically just showing our interpretation of what they're trying to show us in this movie. Uh, pretty detailed. Uh, it should be picking up a little bit more now. But uh, like I said, the first, I'd say the first hour of the movie is very, uh, has a lot to show because of uh, personalities and what roles they're playing. And they uh, very much start, I think, showing us the whole tarot. Uh, that's the beginning of the, uh, I guess, the paths that this guy's taking. Yeah, right. Uh, like the unfolding of the ideas, you know, it's, it's good. And plus, we're learning, like, who he is. And mm -hmm. we need to know that he's thoroughly unscrupulous. Yes. And we need to know that he, you know, he will really you know, is that, that caesar would lay awake at night because he's gonna stab him any moment you know so like that's it's great that we and then we see balkan we learn about how balkan is uh you know the richest of the rich and he's got the most occultist the most occult books of ever and he's even got one written by satan <laughs> but there's three other there's two other books we have the uh which one's real i don't know and then corso asks why why do you think it's not real because it doesn't work and you know and they're like he's like oh because that's like yeah it relates to dark magic ritual and obviously he's been doing the ritual and it's not working so i even wondered when he said that if if balkan kind of took that as an insult to being like <laughs> trying to say it's me i think you know i think <laughs> that might be so i mean i think but it's almost like you know um something that that a, a plebe wouldn't say like how could you're a normal person. Why would you talk about dark rich? Yeah. And it's like a weird for him to like, I don't know, but it, it might be because, you know, there's uh, if you talk, you know, in the old days, they used to hang you at the, you know, on the, on the stake and burn you at the cross or whatever. Like they, you know, and they talk about that. Of course, we even mentions that to, uh, to uh, one of the ladies and, uh, you know, further on in the film, talking about even talking about these type of things will get you burned at the stake. So that's why this shit has to be hidden in books. It has to be hidden in three separate books, but it's also because not everyone's allowed to get through this gate. You know, you got to get, you got to, you got to walk every step. And that's what Corso is doing unwittingly. 
is unwittingly following this path. And then by the end, he realizes what's going on. And he's like, and he chooses to continue, you know, and that, that will unfold, you know. So uh, I guess here we'll Start off. share again. And this is where we left off. He's learning about the book. Precisely. Ever heard of the Della Malanico? I've heard of it, yes. It's a myth, isn't it? So they're talking about the book that this book was based on, written by Lucifer, right? Or Satan. They like to construe those two in this. Yeah. But anyway, uh, so he's, you know, okay, here's a close-up. Oh, there we go. That's why I said that. You see, here is another one of the engravings. And there's the Wheel of Fortune is a card on the tarot. Yes. And you see a person going up, and that's like the ascension of life, like the youth. And then there's the mastery of that life of when you're like, you know, in your peak performance. And then the death of life, and then going under the wheel again, you know, for rebirth, reincarnation. And I also think uh, in some ways the uh, Wheel of Fortune card also can represent a... Uh, like a GPS almost as a, if you're good enough at it, you can start depicting where you want to go. With oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. Because when the wheel of nature is in motion and if you can step on the wheel where you're, where you want to go, instead of being pulled by the wheel where you don't want to, go, you know, you can, if you, if you can master the, the oscillation between the forces of, positive and negative then you can wield the external forces along with your own personal magic you know to ascend and you anyway this one here uh this engraving relates to virtue lies defeated and this is a virtuous monk and he's going to be hit in the head by this morning star and the morning star is the morning star is lucifer so this this knight with a halo around his head is going to smash a monk in the brain with Lucifer. <laughs> you know, it's, it's lots of symbols in these things. Yeah. So, so this is uh, this represents the wheel of fortune card. And uh, you know, I will even add real quick. I do think yeah. that some of the pizza symbolism, regardless if it's pedo or not is referring to the wheel of fortune. Hmm. That makes sense. Yeah. I'm going to say, yeah, I believe and like it. Uh, yeah. The way that it's divided up, like slices of the same, pie. same amount of slices. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. And, you know, I also heard about, uh, was it Sophia Smallstorm was talking about how in New York people eat their pizza folded. And when you get towards halfway through the piece, if you hold it a certain way, the dough almost looks like the flesh of skin. And then, <laughs> and then in between the legs, it looks like a bent over person. And in between oh, yeah. is like blood and cheesy gooiness. And it's like what they're eating. Anyway, so she's got an imagination, Sophia Smallstorm. She's great. Everybody should listen to her. So, okay. Inside information, they're reputed to conjure up the Prince of Darkness in person. Prince of Darkness, huh? So 
they don't say the Prince of Darkness is Lucifer. When I think of a prince, I think of like the most favored child, like the you know the heir apparent to the to the current king, uh, someone who is like better than the rest or whatever, more more favored. I could even see the Prince of Darkness uh, also representing uh, attainments or things like uh, with the Yad Hey Vod Hey formula, uh, the Prince, uh, even you know the Prince in Tarot. Please uh, talk about that because the the prince is like you know you got the well you have a yacht prince of wands or the prince of cups yeah or, you know but go ahead I, please I also think those are different like uh, spiritual uh, attainments or ways of maybe telling a story of where you at uh, spiritually or mentally but like um, you have yadhe vadhe is like considered a formula in magic and that is the king the queen the prince. And then the princess, uh, the princess oh. would be as like uh, Earth, um, uh, and then you would have like I guess the prince would kind of be a, I guess airy or more of the mind, um, and the queen right. would be like uh, the emotions, the watery aspects, and then the the father would be the you know the fire, the spirit, and uh, I think like this could even be showing you calling him the prince of darkness. He's uh, at like the beginning on this path throughout the, to climb right. up as well. Yeah. And, and being air, air is what he uses to achieve each step. He's using his oh. wits, his mind and his words. Well, knowledge yeah. goes along with that. And we're constantly in fucking libraries and books too. Yeah. Right. You know, and that even goes into something when I eventually, uh, you know, Saturn, I think, you know, yeah. get into when I show up, when I show the lamps and stuff at the books, right. I think it all connects. Right. That's great. So where are we at? 16 minutes. Uh, oh, 17 at 17. Exactly. Are you a religious man, Mr. Corso? <laughs> I mean, do you believe in the supernatural? I believe in my percentage. <laughs> so he's he ruled by money, right? You get dizzy standing there. What is it that you want from me, Balkan? I want you to go to Europe and investigate. The other two copies are in Portugal and France. And that painting is behind them the whole time, like, mm -hmm. watching this, what's it's happening. It's always there, yeah. Right, like the destiny at the end of the movie will end up at that castle. That could be an expensive trip. That's to get you started. Spend what you need. At 17 minutes, he accepts the check. Yep. At the at the queue, right? You know, it's like right at the evil moment between 16 and 18. Yeah. What if I find that your copies of forgery? It's quite possible. Really? It doesn't appear to be. Even the paper sounds kosher. Even so, <laughs> something wrong. You mean the devil won't show up? Mm. If all three copies turn out to be bogus or incomplete, your work will be done. If, on the other hand, one of them turns out to be genuine, I'll finance you further. I want you to get it for me at all costs. At all costs. So that's so we learn Balkan's will. He wants to do the dark ritual. 
He wants to make it work. He wants to summon, conjure the, the Prince of Darkness, whatever that means. Right, right there, he just explained, too, that my will is going to go against others regardless. Yeah, yeah, at all costs. Yes. And he's like, follow my will to the letter. Yeah, he will, he'll be going against other people's wills, yeah, which is, yeah. you know, the whole thing you're not supposed to do. <laughs> yeah, good point. Well, I mean, that, that's what proves how evil he is. Never mind how. Never mind. Sounds illegal. Wouldn't be the Sound, first time. Sounds immoral is what it is. Hence the size of the check. Do a good job. I'll double it. There's got to be something wrong with it if you're letting it out of your hands. I have the utmost faith in you, Mr. Corso. There's nothing more reliable than a man whose loyalty can be bought for hard cash. <laughs> And that's that's how this whole system is built on people that whose loyalty can be bought for hard cash. And look at this guy. His his loyalty is to cash, and he's drinking, and then he's <laughs> he puts the, the microwave dinner in there without even taking it out of the plastic. And if you look at the, the book on his microwave, it says the struggle to be human. <laughs> I thought that was awesome when you caught that. I don't know how I know. <laughs> it's so silly. It's like make a foot like. It's tough being yourself and trying to take care of yourself, man. Tough being you know. Dean Corso, huh? <laughs> yeah, it's tough being <laughs> that guy. Yeah. But I think what that really showed, too, is that this guy has zero fucks as well. Exactly. He doesn't even care about his own body. Right? Yeah, and that and with the, he can be bought with money. Right. He has no morals. Right. And uh, this is a real obscure thing coming up. If you look... I mean, he's looking at this satanic thing, but over here, it's plainly visible. It says John Williams. And I looked up John Williams. There's a composer, John Williams, who's like from recent times. But John Williams is somebody who uh, opposed Cotton Mather. Uh yeah, let's see if I can find it. Cotton Mather, if you know anything about the witch trials of Salem, you'll know who Cotton Mather is. He was a uh, he was the priest who um, who persecuted the witches and like sent them to their death. Uh, That's interesting. I forgot I forgot about that, even though you told me that already. Right. He he works against the forces of the church. And uh, there was. OK, here we go. John Williams was a central voice in the smallpox inoculation controversy of 1721. Reverend is he was a reverend. Uh, reverend Williams opposed increase and Cotton Mather, two prominent ministers of Boston. Cotton Mather would later hang the witches of Salem uh, and smallpox inoculation controversy. I didn't go into that, but we're going through an inoculation controversy right now. Yeah. I don't know. It's fucking wild, dude. Yeah. And so Cotton and Increase Mather were the evil forces of government that were burning, or well, not burning, but hanging witches and crushing people with stones and doing evil things to maybe innocent people who knows yeah. but 
whoever wrote this book is uh, is on the side of the witches, you know, and this John Williams guy, you know, who was was an enemy of the persecutors of those witches. So I don't know if it, if it goes that far of like maybe maybe it's a but I mean the the fact that the that the name is clearly visible I think there is a significance to it. Yeah. I think all all books if you can read anything in a movie that is on a book that is going to be a reference to the the wider story of the movie. You know, I think that they use books to um, illustrate ideas, you know, uh, it's very effective in filmmaking. So. Yeah, and then I have something in 1920. So you could probably just play it from here. So we see again the sign of Harpocrates, the one. That's also used. Crowley also used that as the sign of silence in his rituals too. Yes, yes, it's related to magic ritual. And if you, if you see as this crazy bitch comes down the stairs, silence. So it's his job to be silent. And above above her head is horns on the wall. She's and she's black. all in black too. I and think she's all in black. She's associated with Saturn as well, which, right. is what which is what I get into soon. Yes, I mean she's in mourning, like suppose, like so this is the wife of the guy who killed himself in the beginning, but showing her in all black and then with these horns above her head, so I think that relates to her her personality in the movie. Mm-hmm. Corso, I'm terribly sorry to disturb you at a time like this. So there you have a, uh, a painting of the gentleman who is deceased, and she sits in front of you. There's a black stripe there. Do you want to take a take over that? Oh yeah, yeah. I had a uh, yeah. 1920, like you can see that black stripe coming out. And, you know, I mean, I thought of her in this situation uh, and I'll even cover like the stuff on the table, too. I thought this was very much a, a Saturn, uh, I guess, scene that I'm seeing here. And I had even wondered if that stripe on the painting was there for a reason as well. Now, I'm thinking at the top of that stripe uh, might have been Saturn and what that path would be coming out of it. Um, right. It looks like a path between the Sephiroth. Yes. And the painting, yeah, the painting even, uh, that path, if that black line was the path coming out of Bina, it would be path 17 and the sixth tarot, <laughs> which is the lovers, right. uh, which kind of goes along with them at some point, you know, right. kind of. Um, yes. And then even on the table, we have a lot of... Uh, Stuff that made me think of the moon and the Saturn as well. Um, both of those, uh, the, you know, iron would be associated with Bina or, or Saturn. And then you could have silver for the moon. Um, you have heavier types of metals that are associated with, uh, with those uh, spheres or those planets. Right. And I think you see that labeled out here on the table. You have silver and then this other shit that just looks like uh, table weights, really. Mm-hmm. And blocks right 
and the the platters are there's three of them and there's like two on the edge and one in the center yeah uh, that could represent the triptych again like i was talking like the supernal triad at the top of the tree too yeah right yeah and i mean maybe the triptych relates to that supernal triad because the middle one is higher than the two on the other side so it's bigger um but that's yeah that's, that's interesting and yeah, they they will be lovers later in the film. Like, yeah. you know, this the whole thing is going to be spoiled here. Everybody should know that. People should yeah, have seen yeah. the movie already. You know? So, so look at her face. She's like, "There it is. What the fuck? Where was it?" <laughs> Isn't this one of my husband's books? Right. It was in his collection until very recently. He sold it to a client of mine. I'm trying to authenticate it. He sold it, you say? Strange. This was one of his most treasured possessions. He never mentioned this. So that makes you think of what kind of magic did Balkan do to the guy to make him kill himself and then sell the book? There must have been some sort of magic force that Balkan was wielding to make that happen. Yeah, You know, I had even thought, like, you know, that lady does mention later on in the movie, like, for all you know, this dude did find out what his wife was up to and was like, holy fuck. Right. You know, yeah. and he was just like off himself and sold the book. Right. But I mean, he like we learned that he helped pay for the renovation of her chateau, San Martin. And he I mean, must have has his hands in everybody else's death. So, I mean, who the fuck? Yeah, knows? well, that's true. Yeah. But I mean, like her, her husband, Mr. Tolfer, um, must have known what she was doing because when we see later, the you know, it's like black and red, everything, and there's like these statues of like snakes around, you know, this, you know, these demon things. Like he must have known what she was up to. Like I bet that he was just, you know, she controlled him, she wielded him with her, you know, magic, feminine wiles, you know. Uh, yeah. She played the Scarlet Whore. Exactly. She manipulated yeah, She did the best that she could. Yeah. Did he ever use it to perform some kind of ritual intended to produce a supernatural effect? Are you serious? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Andrew was a trifle eccentric, Mr. Corso, but he wasn't insane. It's true, we'd been acting. Strangely, those last few days, he shut himself up in here. That's why I think it's a ritual, like something done to him. That morning, I was woken by the screams of the maid. He'd hanged himself. Whatever he was up to, I certainly can't see him chanting mumbo jumbo or trying to raise mumbo jumbo. Bumbo jumbo. Yeah, that's a significant phrase, and it comes up more more than once. <clears throat> the devil, Mrs. Telfer. This book is designed to raise the devil. Bum 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 bum. So we don't know what what the book is really about. Like the dude thinks that it conjures the devil, but really all it does is make Corso show up every time. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. a good point too. Yeah. So, um, so now he's exiting through the gate, you know, like first, so he kept, she asked who it was and he kept his mouth shut. He was silent and he didn't tell her that it was Boris Balkan. Um, 
And now we get to see another close-up of this book. This is the front page of Nine Gates of the Nine Doors, uh, Kingdom of Shadows. And you can see the, the Ouroboros snake is in a double helix, like the kind of like the Caduceus, you know, except it's only one snake. And he's uh, speaking himself into existence like, like the Ouroboros does. Uh, a lot of people think that the Ouroboros is eating itself but I think it's actually speaking itself into existence, like, um, like abracadabra type shit, you know, it's using its words to create reality. So, um, so we have, we have here uh, the lightning strike, which is reminiscent of Lucifer. And we have the lightning breaks off a branch from the tree. And it's almost like uh someone becoming free from the prison of the tree like the, the lightning strike is freeing one of the branches from this tree mm. yeah i think when i when i was looking at that uh i mean we see it a little bit differently like i i see kind of the same thing as a basically that's like the tree it could even represent in my my opinion even still the kabbalah tree of life it's kind yes. of like coming down into the formation uh of this world um the way I look at it, though, is like a little weird and a little bit different. Um, I see as you're going up the tree that that branch is snapping off because you are the lightning breaking out of the matrix. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like you are the Sitting branch breaking now. free. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. the you the, your your own power of ascending is what's breaking you off. It's yes. Not, yeah. It's some but other that's, power. Yeah. That's going up back up the tree. Yes. Right. Yeah. And uh, the way that the snake is, it looks like the snake's body goes up and then goes up and back down, down again. And down, yeah, and down, yeah. Yeah. It even reminds me, I mean, in the DNA symbol, which I often wonder if that yeah. is occultism behind it as well. <laughs> I, I do, actually. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that the double helix is, has a, there's a lot going on in that. Yeah. So uh, we, you know, we start to see the the witches following him spooky moments the one thing i thought was weird that the only thing i have you don't have to pause it um when she oh, i'm just muting it when she shows the book it has a bunch of u's on it on both sides now i it could have been a stretch but i thought that might have been like representation of the cups oh the yes. scarlet whore always has a cup in her hand yes, yes and she is the you know you saw three of them there she would fit on the third sphere right and she's like it's and the the feminine energy of emotion yeah, and receptivity and keeping the yeah. water in form in that cup. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's beautiful. And so speaking of the Scarlet Whore, we just saw her look at him, and then he opens his book, and then he sees uh fast forward a little bit. Uh, he opens the book and then He's inspecting the engraving close-up. Takes forever. Okay, here we go. Close-up. That's her face. Mm -hmm. What the? Not everybody will pick that up, but, you know, if you're watching this a second or third time, you'd be like, oh, yeah, you know. So now he takes off his eyes and he's rubbing his eyes. Did I just see her face? What the fuck? And then there she is again, you know. And in the book, the book, 
that this was based on is called El Club Dumas. And the character of the woman is a fallen angel. She says in the in the book that she witnessed the she witnessed the battle in heaven and she um she's stuck on earth you know so obviously she's not one of the good angels she was cast down you know so she's one of the fallen angels and uh and later in the in the book she says to him that she's been looking for him for ages so he is a chosen one by her yeah well, I, I think you, you know, uh, the Scarlet Horror, the whole thing, uh, you know, she's the one I think also keeps you stuck in the matrix, but yet you have to go through her to get out of it as well. Yes. And, and she's a whore. She takes everybody. She doesn't. Yeah. Do, yeah that, well, that's one of the things I, why I think they use the word whore. Uh, mm-hmm. In some ways, I think everybody is capable of uh, occult knowledge and maybe crossing over to the spirit world. I think everybody has that capability, but you just have to know how to do it. So the Scarlet Horror will not deny you entrance if you know how to do it. She will accept everybody as long as you know how to find her. Right. Just like what Crow so she says. doesn't deny anybody. She will let right. you pass if you find her. So, right. you know, that's a whore. You know, you could put it. Right. Yeah, yeah. She don't and say like, no. Like Crowley says, the truth is for all. Right. Yeah. Like the truth of whatever is in the occult knowledge should be for everybody. One of the few things I agree on that the guy said. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So this moment here, Bernie, uh, Corso's buddy is opening this book and we'll see it's prophetically bad for him. Uh, we learn later um, Fargus tells Corso some books are not meant to be opened with impunity. Like you can't just open this book without getting consequences, you know, and Bernie is going to learn that pretty soon. Oh, you know what I want to say real quick? Sure. Uh, no, no, don't say nothing right in, dude. Yeah, no, nothing that you have to go back to. But I remember when he went back to his apartment, his door number did add up to 10. And I did wonder if that meant, uh, you know, if you're not counting Doc and there's 10 Sephiroths, that would be Earth, right? Right, Malkuth, no. right? Where he, his going residence, back. yeah, his residence going back. where, right, right, right. That was, I just thought that was interesting. That makes sense. Get this, Balkan wants me to research it. Walken owns the nine gates. Recently acquired from the late lamented Andrew Telfer. Trust Balkan. What does he need you for? I don't suppose he plans to sell it. He wants me to compare it with the other two surviving copies, which are in Portugal and France. So uh, I'm off to Europe. Compare it? Yeah. Only one of the three is authentic, he says. Well, this looks genuine enough. So Bernie is sealing his own fate right now. <laughs> He's not meant to be touching that book. That book is meant for him, you know. I'm starting to see things. Like what? Uninvited visitors, unfamiliar faces. I don't trust anyone, not even Balkan. Come to think of it, I'm not even sure I trust you. You know I wouldn't screw you unless there was a good reason. Money, women, business. Other than that, you could relax. Yeah, honor among thieves, right? Yeah. 
engravings are terrific. Now look. Boy, that's his boy doing him a favor, and he still fucks him on the percentage. Yeah, yeah, right. Zero fucks. Corso don't care. Exactly. And uh, and uh, Bernie just said these engravings are terrific, and then Corso says or horrific, as he's opening to this page specifically, and we look sensational. Sensational. Yeah, well, he's going to sense what's happening on that engraving pretty yeah. soon. Absolutely sensational. And this is the guy that's going to do it to him. The smoking man, Kanye, with his blonde hair, black guy. So Bernie is like, Bernie is witnessing his own death right now by looking at the nine gates. And then the murderer at that moment when he's saying, or, or horrific and then sensational. It's like there's his fate waiting outside the door. Oh, you fucked up. You shouldn't open that book. And then the angel is following, but she's not a good angel. She's got different colored socks, by the way, today. Yeah. But she's obviously not a good angel. She's not helping to save Bernie. She's helping to keep Corso safe. She's not, she's not saving innocence. You know, well, you know, I think age. something we, me and you talked about the last uh, when we went over it originally, we even made a kind of a reference that, you know, it's funny if you think of the Wicked Witch of the West, they focused on her socks in that, too. Yes. Yeah. Well, you came up with that. I was like, holy fuck. You're right. Yeah. Like, yeah, they yeah focus yeah. on her socks. Right. And the fact that um, like there's later in the in the book or in the movie where where you can see just her legs sticking out with her socks there. And it looks exactly like the Wicked Witch from under the house. Like, yeah, you know what I mean? And she's wicked and she's a witch. Like it fucking fits perfectly. So if that's why he did the colored socks, bravo to Polanski. He did a good, good reference right there. Well, and West would go with water, which would be representative right? of the abyss as well. And Leviathan and satanic energy, right? The opposite of the sun. The east comes from the sun. The sun is from the east. So anyway, um, what's next? The woman comes to his apartment. Yeah, the next thing I don't have, uh, I don't have anything until the yellow checkered cab part. Okay. 32 minutes in. Yeah, that's okay. uh, Mrs. Tolfer. Oh, yeah, this, this is when uh, we saw earlier uh, at 17 minutes exactly, he took the check. And then here's when we start, when I started to notice. Yeah, I that, think at 30 minutes, of the, you, you mentioned something about the lovers too. Oh, right, right. Yeah, yeah because of the, um, the guy up in the, with the arrow in the clouds. Um, but uh, I think that this is when I started to notice that the moments are happening on, on the nose of the minute and double zeros. Like it's like... Uh, 29 minutes or 28 minutes exactly mrs tolfer stands in the doorway you know he's opening the door boom boom right 28 and she's there with her with her throat chakra covered she's Mm -hmm. concealing her will it also represents to me silenced which goes along with saturn yes yes and it's the purple color you know like the lavender so like that's 28 minutes and then well, the deep purple. I, I wouldn't consider that deep purple, but deep purple is a color for Benat, I think. And that's uh, 
Anyway, so she tries to use sex to get what she wants from him. I've come to talk business. Uh, mm -hmm. Yesterday when you came to see me about that book, I was too surprised to react as I yeah. should have done. I mean, it really was one of Andrew's favorites. Yeah, but you even pointed out on her cigarette. Yeah. That it had two silver rings on it. And I was like, yo, that makes me think it's Saturn. Yeah, like Saturn. If you look right there, it's got two rings. I mean, that's why that could be coincidence, but who knows, man? And it's like, and it's black. And yeah. every time it lights, it's every time she takes a drag outfit, it's like a, a glowing orb, like the sun. It's like the black sun. Well, depends on what? So she's proposing to give him money to, to sell it to her. She wants it any way she can because, you know, she's a Satanist. She wants to get what she wants. You work for money, I take it. Yeah. What else? I have a great deal of money. I'm very happy for you. So she just said at 29 minutes exactly, I have a great deal of money. Right? So, but he's enriching himself by keeping the secret you know like the lost word keeps the secret and he says no uh and like the uh and in the beginning of the path he has the silence is golden right so that's what protects him i imagine your client is well insured i'm a professional now you're a professional mercenary mercenaries work for the highest bidder i make a living so a bonus <laughs> This has happened before someplace. Yeah, like, like film noir general. movies, you know, uh, femme fatale showing a poontang. <laughs> so he's like, okay, uh, I'll take the sex. <laughs> so he goes and gets her a drink and blah, blah, blah. And then Why not? at exactly 30 minutes, she puts out her cigarette and grabs his crotch. And then Exactly 31 minutes, she dumps his bag to find no book. And exactly 32 minutes, beep. He's calling Aunt Bernie's phone and he's, you know, answering Bernie's answering machine. And yeah, so and then at 32.30, I have the, uh, the cab part. Yeah. I think foreshadows the whole thing, actually. Right. What he's going to what he's going to witness in the yeah. in Bernie's place. Yeah. Then she turns into a crazy bitch. <laughs> she tries to bite his heart. <laughs> yeah, that neat little camera effect. So then he's calling Bernie, and uh, you know the answering machine beeps exactly 32 minutes. So it's weird. It's weird. It's like aligning us with the time of the clock, you know? Yeah. Very Saturn like again. Mm. So uh, let's go to where he's going to Bernie's place. So he's making sure he's not followed. Give me a minute. I won't be long. Right here. Yeah, you can leave it right mm -hmm. there. All right. Yeah. So 
my take on this scene right here. This might seem a little out there, but if you just follow me, I think it makes sense. Uh, I have always thought that the yellow checkered cabs, silly as it sounds, is an occult symbol or something's behind it. Uh, The yellow, I mean, as soon as you have the checkered floor, I mean, automatically start thinking like uh, the Kabbalah, Masonic orders, and all those things that, you know, and all the places that have those type of floors are used that they associate the Kabbalah. It's a representation of the two polar opposites, the pillars. Right, right. Um, um, Albert Pike says Freemasonry is Kabbalism. And he's like the, you know, the leader of the Scottish Rite Freemasonry. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, now, yellow, if you want to start getting into like uh, elemental colors and what they uh, could be associated with, or even, uh, I guess, planetary. Uh, yellow would be considered like air um, that can symbolize knowledge, uh, speech. And just being like kind of like a book smart, you know, knowing how to talk, just, you know, intelligent. Um, air, and it air also, and swords. Air and swords. Yeah, yeah that's okay. why swords is associated with that also. And uh, it is also known for transportation. And like so like mercury. Might, like yes. Mercury, right? Yes. So I could see now you're telling me uh, as, you know, going by the Kabbalah and what colors could be associated with what when you get into ceremonial magic. That is, you're telling me that with the checkered pattern. And now you're telling me air, which is transportation. So now I see a yellow checkered cab brought him there. That was his mode of transportation. This guy, he has this uh, red turban on, on his head. Um, that in my opinion, would also represent Gabor in a way. Um, that is the red sphere on the tree, which is the sphere right above uh, Mercury or, uh, so Hode, or Hode on the tree of life, which is on the left pillar. Okay. Now, Hode is uh, Mercury, which is associated with air as well. It's of the mind. Uh, it's a lot of Yes, communication, knowledge, speech, writing, all that right. shit. Putting things into files, you know, Toth was a perfect example. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. So you have that sphere, Hode, and then you have Gabur, which is the sphere above it, which is why that guy has red on. Now, in my opinion, when you are crossing, going back up in the tree, if you're doing it in a positive sense, a lot of the chaos and destruction that is uh, associated with Gabur is going to be in your own psycho, you know, your own mind. There's right. going to be a lot of stuff that you have to change and dismiss, uh, get rid of the bad things about yourself. It's a lot of the actual uh, people call uh, call it shadow, shadow work. work. <laughs> yeah. When you're doing it, it actually to become a better person. That is the positive aspect of that sphere. If you're trying to move up spiritually. Now, there is a path for that. Uh, the path is number 23, which is also. The 12th tarot card, which is the hanged man. Wow. So we're going to see how. So we're going to see how that relates right now. No problem, sir. Take me on to Kennedy. It makes you remind, oh, Kennedy murder, right? Yeah. Subconscious Kennedy was like blasted in the head as he's like talking to this dude with a red turban talking about Kennedy and like a head that's covered in blood, you know, anyway. So he's descending to this, to witness what happened here. 
and watch he enters the at exactly 33 he opens the door and the bell rings at 33 minutes exactly so bernie bernie <laughs> the hanged man. Yeah, there's your hanged man. 3317. <laughs> 17. <laughs> yeah, man. We get like 3317. Exactly. <laughs> yes, dude, exactly. That's why I said that. Because, I mean, the bird snake. So he's hanging by his left leg. The left path. You know, and in the books, the um, in the engravings, one of the differences too is which it's one of the differences exactly which leg he hangs from. So, so Bernie witnessed this his own death in the book when he opened the nine gates earlier. He says, you know, like uh, he says, sensational is you know as he's opening the book and looking at a hanged man. So, uh, so Corso gets his book. And, um, you know, he knows where Bernie's hiding place is. And Corso gets back into the car. You know, it's interesting. And, it was horses again. Right. Yeah, yeah. How, how is that interesting? Say it again. Tell me. Well, because uh, at the beginning, you remember the, the horse was like a, a thing on the desk. Oh, right. Yeah. The cowboy guy. Yeah. 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 You're seeing yeah, horses. He's riding a horse. And I think we see more uh, horses or, and lions again throughout the movie. I think horse relates to the will because of the, the driving horse, the power of yes. the horse. Yes. Passion. Right. Yeah. So now he's deciding, he's like thinking, and he's looking at this sign that says, no left. Don't go left-hand path, you know oh, what I mean? <laughs> As Corso is imagining and thinking, what should I be doing? He's looking to the right. Should I just take a right? Get the hell out of here. And... Stop. He says, stop. Stop, stop, at, stop at that phone booth at 3517. No problem, sir. So he goes to the phone. And he asks Balkan, and he says, Balkan, hey, I quit. And Balkan says, oh, yeah, I'll give you double. I'll give you more money. And that is the, the, the engraving, I am enriched by death. Are you there, Mr. Corso? Yes. I'll pat you through. Yes. Yeah. Mr. Corso, what have you got for me? More than I bargained yeah. for. What do you mean? I mean I quit. I want to return the book. Where are you? I'm disappointed in you, Mr. Corso. You never let me down before. Well, this is different. You remember Bernie Ornstein? Ornstein? Yeah. The dealer? I gave him your book to stash for me. And now he's dead. Murdered. Because of the book? What else? Look, I never said it would be easy if it's a question of money. It isn't the money. It's I not want. money. This he doesn't want money. Great deal to me, Mr. Corso. I'm 
So now he gets ten times hey, what he was. Where are get. you? Vulcan. Yeah. So because Bernie died, now he's being enriched as long as he stays on the path. You know, so he has to prove that he has no care and that he's gonna keep going for money. Like this is also, a, also wondering if Balkan stopped talking at 37 minutes either. Oh, he might have exactly. Yeah. I also, I also would like to say a lot of times, if you realize it until the end, you know, all, all of it's just always over the phone. It's never face to face. It's just as if there's some, oh, right. you know, signal. And that's, that's like, uh, I thought that was very Saturn like as well. And that's more, that's more Mercury and air communication that's, as well. Yeah. Tag another zero onto your feet. And the zero, tag another zero onto the, and then it, and then he looks at the phone and then it goes 3700. Zero, zero. <laughs> like, I think the timestamps of movies are very enlightening to look at. I think that, that there's a lot of information laid out in the time of when events occur, you know, because like if you understand, like music is, is moments in time, you know, and like a movie is like, a, like a musical expression of a still picture like it's a it's a picture that moves you know i don't know i could be getting pretty far out there but i think that if people start to pay attention to the timestamps, the number and the no numeric value and the significance of certain numbers i think will, will enlighten you to yeah. further understanding the rest of the story what hey where are you Vulcan. So. Vulcan. Yeah, Vulcan is, uh, he's following him to Europe and he's, you know, Vulcan <laughs> is traveling along with him. We, we learn that later. So we're going to get another close up of the book here. Let's see. The hangs man again. Yeah, so now we're reminded that. The hanged man, and now like he's hanging from his left foot. This is this is Bernie, <laughs> you know. Like he's reminded, he's looking at what he just viewed in real life. So this is affirming that these engravings are a foreshadowing of true events that will happen. So like these are the steps of the path that Corso is walking. Yeah, right. I think that sword, flaming sword, is to represent spirit, actually. Yes, uh, I think the flaming sword is the ace of wands or the ace of swords, uh, but it's also going to relate to another moment later in the movie, where fire jumps out of windows of a castle, just like that, uh, that we're going to witness. So now we're going to. We're gonna meet this meet the sneeze brothers. <laughs> sneeze up. You know, I even have and I'll say it now as you're walking up to it. Mm -hmm. Um these could also be looked at as the twins. Yes. Which yes. which would be the lovers card still because they're both okay. the same. More now mercury. That, and that is also Gemini. again uh path 17, just a reminder. Right. Path 17 on the tree. Yeah, the evil path, right? The path of Q. <laughs> yeah so um so uh p and p are the the brothers uh p y p 
Siniza. And he enters at, and then 38 minutes, he says, Buenos tardes. Exactly. Like this dude speaks words at him. At he also mentions a book in the 17th century as well. You speak English? Yes, I do. I would like to get your opinion on this. So it's almost as if that book is like fire and ashes are attracted to that book. The nine gates. Be That's true too, yeah. Yeah. Very rare. It's a different copy. Yes. You used to own it, right? We used to, it, yes. We sold it when the opportunity presented itself. It was too good to too good to miss. An excellent sale. An excellent buy. Impeccable condition. Impeccable. <laughs> are you the present owner? No, a client of mine. I would never have believed she would part with it. Never. She? Mrs. Telfer. Uh-huh. You were saying about how the twins relates to the lover's card. Yeah. And I also... 17. I also see the lover's card relates to the devil card. Because it's still got the two, you know, in the marriage, the two people, the, the male and the female except they're in chains and they're under, you know, in front of this Baphomet type character. But, um, I understood that it was Mr. Telfer that it bought. He paid for it. It was Mrs. Telfer who made him buy it. He didn't seem particularly interested. An exceptional specimen. Do you think it could be a forgery? A forgery? Hear that, Pablo? Oh, I took you for you a professional. That? You speak too lightly of forgeries. Far too lightly. Forging a book is very expensive. This whole place right here makes me think of Saturn as well, too. They even have the machine to press them to make the books. Right. Very much of structure form. You know, the library has a decimal system away. It's all put in order. Right. Yeah, the, um, it's like left brain organization and um, control. Yeah. Uh, must know this book is authentic. We know it. So must he. We've had this book for years. Mm. Many years. An ample opportunity to study thoroughly. Painting, the binding, a magnificent example of 17th century Venetian craftsmanship. Finest rough paper. Resistant to the passage of time. None of your modern book. <laughs> Watermarks, ink, typefaces. So, uh, this is uh, door six. And it tells us, like, if you translate this shit, it's saying things. Like, I went and I didn't really make all the notes, but I translated these pieces. And this little character is is a Baphomet similar. It has, like, wide hips and boobs. Um, I don't know if it has a phallus. I guess it's female. And it's got one arm up and one arm down, like the Baphomet. Oh, yeah. I never even noticed that. Good eye. Yeah. And it's got like cloven hooves. It's got like claws. For yeah. Feet. yeah. If this is a forgery or a copy with missing pages restored, is a work of a master. Yeah. Those are the master. We learn later it did have a page that was that was fake, you know. Master. Yeah, and it was probably done by them, I would assume, right? It was exactly done by them, yes. yes. They seem to have some 
underlying significance. So the underlying significance. Here we go. Like now, now our subconscious is listening. Oh, underlying significance. Here, for example. Okay. Here, for example, he's pointing to a picture of himself. If you zoom in on the dude above. Venture too far, it seems to say, and danger. So that's the fool. He's got his pack with his little, you know, bag on a stick, like the fool of the zero card. Um, and he's on his path there. And then you can see Siniza is pointing at his own face. <laughs> I mean, the the scarlet woman, the, the witch was also in this book. So he's telling him that they are custodians of this book. They are working for Lucifer. Basically, hey, look, we're in this book too, you know? And they are the ones who give him the page. They work with the witch, the Scarlet Horde. They're, they are also fallen angels. Yeah, you know? I remember when I looked at this part, I think I told you, Brought me back to uh, it was a cheesy way of I guess explaining it like the never ending story. Yeah, <laughs> you know when you like the when you have to cross between those two paths and you'll get shot down. You know if you're yes. not, uh, pure of heart and intent or whatever. Right. And I think that that's what that type of bridge or those towers uh, represent is uh, you crossing over the water, you crossing the abyss, and that will yes. only happen. You have a bum. So you obviously know at this point, this guy doesn't have any worldly fucking attachments. He's not attached to the yes. world. He doesn't have fancy fucking sneakers on and a nice fucking watch. Right. He's, got his, he's barely anything. And in order to cross there, if you don't want to get shot down by that dude in the sky, you're going to have to uh, be a specific type of person. Yes. Yes, exactly. And if uh, you have to be able to... To, to give up the worldly possessions to get to the spirit realm, mm -hmm. like the Cathars believe. And uh, you also, we can see that he has two arrows in his quiver. He's got the one pointing and he's got another one, which, which is telling us that there's, that two is his number. Like he's, and uh, even though he's got a three above his head, but this is the, he's one of twins, you know, and, the twin is pointing at his own face and we see we have like a little Aries symbol over here. And, uh, I, you know, there's a lot going on, which I yeah. haven't decided. I mean, that even could be his higher self and his lower self. And he's not, and he could even be like, you know, I'm not letting you pass and coming All up right. and joining me until you become a certain person. Right. Right. Until you learn the lessons and, you know, do the shadow work. In order yeah. to get through the abyss or to get over the abyss, because that's the middle path or whatever. And the two towers of the other are the, the Yakim and Boaz, you know, and in the middle is that river. Yeah, like you're saying. Yeah. To cross the abyss. And on you from above. So danger from above, right? And then he looks at the guy's face after he just looked at the, the picture. <laughs> of books often contain little puzzles little puzzles huh <laughs> right you know and we're looking at the face of the guy in the book especially in the case of such an illustrious collaborator collaborator mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you couldn't not proceed very far in your research senor yeah so this goes back to the to the idea of a war in heaven and lucifer was the was the, was the leader of the rebellion 
and there were many angels that were cast down. And these guys were followers of Lucifer. They were angels that were also cast down. Cherubim, you know, like uh, that aren't allowed up into heaven anymore. They're they're stuck here on earth and they're, you know. Alive because he wrote this book in collaboration with someone else. Come on, you can't honestly believe man who wrote this book. You saw him alliance with the devil and went to the stake for it. Even hell has its heroes. Even hell has its heroes. Those guys' hero is Lucifer. They follow Lucifer just like the Scarlet Woman, the, the witch does. Like they are the ones that that give Corso his uh, entrance into the Ninth Gate. And death from above is on his, you know, he's on his path right now with his bag. And all of a sudden, death from above comes down. He was able to make it to the other side. Yeah, I think that represents, uh, you know, the death and destruction that's needed to, in oneself, to cross. Mm -hmm. You know, and that path is closed also. Oh, right. Like he, he's done with that engraving yes. now. He's, he's completed that engraving, that, pe that piece of the path. Right. Let's see. Corso sees the witch on the train. Uh, oh, we got an, another close-up. So he's looking again at this, at this dude, and we get to see that that is the Seniza brother right there, you know, and it was the danger from above. Like, and if so. you think about it, they gave him a huge clue now right, yes. that was able to, uh, you know, for him to figure out really to help him decipher. the pattern. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, they let him pass, I guess. Yes. He was chosen. Yeah. He was chosen because his character like Corso is the unscrupulous, uncaring, like he's the prince of darkness, right? He's the most dark of the dark, like, and he's the one, he's the kind of jackal that Lucifer wants in his army. You know, it's like accepting him into the, into the group, like uh, the way that, the way that Satanism takes normal people from society and, and brings them into the fold of this, you know, structure of evil. Uh, so does Lucifer, apparently. He's, you know, taking in talent from the earthly people, too, to help fight this war against God, you know. And this false light that they live in is what they favor as opposed to the sun. Besides this, did you have anything else on the train that was important? Uh, just that he meets the woman on the train and she's like, I like trains. And it's like foreshadowing that they're going to fuck. You know? Because trains are, uh, you know, they're a euphemism for sexual encounters. So he notices that she's following him again. So we can skip to uh, 15. I don't have anything. Yeah, okay. That's uh, Well, 45, I have that symbol that's on the car that I thought was weird. Oh, good. Okay. 45 minutes, yeah. 
Yeah, he's going to go see Fargus, who is another owner of a Nine Gates. Italian, it means run. Oh, yeah, his name means like run. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, so he's, he's uh, like Balkan said, he's hungry and fighting, and you know what I mean? You run out to me, more of the quiet type. Anyway, well, yeah. So they're give my regards to Balkan. They're both on their way to the same best. place, Balkan. to Fargus. Never mind. See you around. Maybe. So you hit forty-five. Yeah. I had the license. Yeah, I had the license plate. Uh, I mean, I could also the four and the seven. You could add up to eleven, and that would be nine nine eleven. Right. I don't, you know, yeah. I don't know, whatever. But there's a yeah. thing now that will come up. You'll see an A inside of a, a white hexagram on the side of the car. Right. Yes. I thought it might have represented like you know, all-seeing eye or something. Yeah, the A is also like the compass, a, or in a cube, or a hexagram, however you want to look at it. Right. Yeah, and uh. The hexagon is like uh, uh, like bees, you know, it's like societal yeah. cohesion. That's also uh, when you start getting into pentagram and hexagrams, hexagram is a lot more stronger symbol and a lot more to it. Right. And even structurally more, more sound. Uh, so now here's another gate. Yeah. At 4530, Please. I do have for this mm -hmm. the bell not ringing. I thought again that was oh, still not yeah. that resembles the silence of the uh, the moon. Yeah, the bell doesn't work. Yeah, and he's able to go past the steel gates because the moon has no control over him. Right, and a and a crow a crow cry cries like rah, rah. you can tell that's a crow. Yeah, you know, maybe that's reminiscent of crows. So this, this ornate opulence is run down, falling apart. Forty-six minutes. He rings the bell. This bell does work. The door. At forty-eight, I just have something. That's the only thing I have for this whole part right here. If you just remember. Okay. So this is Fargus. And he's accepted in yeah, talking about how he had to sell all his furniture because he's poor now. And uh, now he's introduced to the occult books. Yeah, I pick out one of his books actually. Quite as I imagined it, I must say. my friend. But I keep them in perfect condition, safe from damp, light, heat, rats. I dust and air them every day. These are the occult. What do you think? Not bad. Not bad indeed. At least I know them are extremely rare. Here. 48. He says here at exactly 48. Yeah, that book, uh, the Dictionnaire Infernal, however he says it. Mm -hmm. uh, that is a real book. Um, it's on demonology and hierarchies. It was written by uh, Jack Colin D. Plancy in 1818. 
1863, now in 1863, this is the thing I thought was just interesting. In 1863, illustrations were added by uh, Louis Lay Breton, depicting many of the demons that uh, were used eventually by S.L. McGregor Mathers for the illustrations of demons in the Lesser Keys of Solomon as well. All right. So this this relates to uh, Goetia magic, basically. Yeah, this yeah. is like the 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 jump off from those demons where those yeah, demons but, came yeah, from. Yeah, it's obviously a connection. Right, right. So the the um, the the uh, as the ideas of demonology evolved, they started there. Dictionary Inferno. So that's what you for. So they show us a real book. Leonardo Fioravanti's Compendi di Secreti, fifteen hundred seventy. I wasn't able to find that book. And this one, obviously, this one's obviously fake. And it seems like it's almost cliche to have this upside down cross oh, or yeah. up, upside down star. I mean, uh, it's like for the most dumb of the audience to recognize that it's satanic, you know. But I wouldn't think that a real occult book is going to have something as silly as that. I mean, I guess maybe they do, but it seems like it's very so. Creepy. Yeah, it's not occult at all. It's like in perfect condition. It has traveled the world for three and a half centuries, yet it might have been printed yesterday. Is it in order? I mean, you haven't detected anything unusual. Unusual? No, the text is complete, the engravings too. Nine plus the title page, just as the catalog states, just like a Kessler in Paris and a Telfer in New York. Yes, it isn't the Telfer anymore. Telfer killed himself. Oh. But he sold his copy to Boris Balkan first. Ah, Balkan. <laughs> if he sets his heart on a book, no price is too high. Not that I would and the dude said that exactly at 49 minutes. Oh, Balkan. If he sets, you know, like, I think these. Never sell this one. Not at any price. It's, uh, it's strange that he should have sent you here if he already had. You have it here? So this guy seals his own fate as well. Yeah. Yeah. By opening the book. You know, like it's as if it's as if Corso's copy of the book has a magic spell on it. But I mean, we also know that Balkan is following it and killing all these people. <laughs> you know. Do you have anything else for why he's here on this or no? Uh, at fifty minutes, he says some books are dangerous. Not oh, they're not the too. Beautiful. He says that at fifty. And then uh, at 51 minutes exactly, Corso notices the engravings are different. Oh. And this is where he discovers the hermit. For the, first the hermit engraving. Yeah, we'll bring it to 51, I guess. Ah, yes. Look at this slight imperfection here. The damaged S. So the books are obviously identical, except for this. We get a close-up of the, uh, forget which gate this was. But we can see the comparison of the two books. Uh, the keys are held in different hands. And Corso notices this at exactly 
51 minutes right here. Left hand, or I mean right hand, and then left hand. And the left hand one is the good one that signed by Lucifer. So it's an obvious intentional difference because even the damaged S is the same. So uh, now, you know, we discover that, that one of them is, is written by Lucifer. So he makes this map of which books have what. And three times three is nine. So that's how many gates there are. So he basically solves the puzzle right here. So I guess then it starts to get into the action scenes. Oh, here we go with another close up. We can see uh, the yeah, except for something that I have at 54 minutes for the book. I actually don't have anything else until after an hour. I don't know what you have in between them, but so here we have the fool again, the jester, uh, who is got this labyrinth ahead of him, and number four. Yeah, and then so, you see it. Uh, the, the entrance is open at the other end. Yeah, the entrance, and for that it says, "Fate is not the same for all." That's what that says underneath. Um, so that, that kind of foreshadows a guy dying. Yeah, right. Not everybody yeah. has the same fate. Right. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, the bell ringing is like him getting the idea in his head. Like, oh, he's like, here, let's go ahead to 54. I even think bell ringing sometimes and like phone ringing and shit like that could be a, a, a way of being like um, you're receiving a transmission right now. Right. right. Like an idea. It gives you a, yeah. Right. Inspiration. Right. So, okay. The, the thug Kanye wanted to beat him up, but then uh, the witch scared him, scared him away. Then he's scared and he runs to alcohol. <laughs> like, oh, so right here we have the wicked witch of the West's feet sticking out from under the house. And an interesting note that relates to Roman Polanski. Uh, let's see. 51 minutes. You didn't say you were bound for Central. Neither did you. What are you doing here? reading yeah what she's reading is a book that was read by uh, it's called how to win friends and influence people charles manson read that book charles manson and his the people that he won influence over murdered polanski's wife fucking wild and, right yeah, that's that ha must have some significance. And he even re Corso even says the title of the book, and they. I can see that. And bumping into people, unexpectedly. Yeah. Yes, unexpectedly, right? 
Are you on a business trip? Is that why you always carry that thing around? We get a close-up of the book, How to Win Friends and Influence People, read by a wit. Is this part of your course? My course? Winning Friends and Influencing People. <laughs> so he says the title, so there is obvious significance to this. You said you were a student. Did I? Student of who, Charles Manson? No way. <laughs> and she almost looks like Polanski. And she is Polanski's wife, actually. This actress it was the is the wife of Roman Polanski now. Well, I forgot about that. That's right. I remember you mentioned that last time. Yeah. And she's, I mean, she's not as attractive as, you know, uh, Sharon Tate. I guess, in my for opinion, of course. Yeah. But she, but she is a blonde witch, just like Sharon Tate was. And here we have Polanski's wife reading the book that Charles Manson was reading. And, like, and it's about influencing people, like putting a glamour spell, like a mind control onto people. It's fucking wild. Yeah. That is a little weird. So, yeah. You've been traveling long? A while. So, talking about traveling. I don't suppose you ever traveled by motor? Yeah. Okay. He's got a phone call from Balkan. Uh, and then, like, there was a lot of action that happens. Uh, we can skip ahead to... Uh, oh, we learn about the secret society here. We want to learn about that. So the witch disappears, and uh, also get the seashell logo again. Oh yeah, yeah. Product placement of the '90s. We got the shell gas station logo, but it's obviously not a gas station. It's yeah. like, I also know. think they're using it purely for occult symbolism as well. Right. Yeah. And it, I it think is, I think that that rising sun can be a way sun. of showing a. Maybe you're shedding light on a path that you haven't been down before. Right. Yeah, that's like he's walking his path of like, like the... He's going the, going farther. A fellow traveler going east towards the sun. You know, like the Masons say, like, you know, like, like fellow traveler. So here we, we have this dude has got his cross keys. Yeah. So this relates to the engraving... Of the guy holding the the hermit holding the keys in front of the dog at the door that's locked. Yeah, I think so, this also symbolizes like you have the keys to keep going farther. Yes, yes. Good to see you again. And Tokyo is like the farthest east you can get. Like Tokyo is like so far east, it's even past Asia. You know. Yeah. Many vacancies, but uh, I'm sure I'll be able to organize something. So yeah, everything for money. Yeah. Okay. So the engraving was torn out of the book. Let's see, the engraving was torn out of the book. And then at one more. Uh, let's see. One oh seven. Yeah. 
Yeah, you want to do that? Uh, I have something at 107, and then maybe after we cut that, we can end this one. Okay. And then continue. Okay. Believe it or not, I, I actually, for this last part, I don't have as many notes, but they are you know, detailed in the spots I do have them for. Okay. Okay. She even I said man. 17 Died seconds. For the sake of this very book in yeah. 1667, while studying the black arts in Prague, he acquired a copy of the Dread Dello Melanicon. This is Torquia's other. She said at 17 seconds, seven minutes, 17 seconds. This is Torquia's adaptation of that work, of that which work. was written by Lucifer himself. After they burned him at the stake, a secret society was founded to perpetuate its memory and preserve its secrets. The Order of the Silver Serpent. Yeah, so the Order of the Silver Serpent is very reminiscent of the Order of the Silver Star. Yes, which is the Argentum. Yep. Yes. Crowley. Right. And they're doing they're doing sex magic, you know, wearing silly robes. Yeah, I think at uh, 108.15, in my opinion, she is actually explaining to him part of the way these orders uh, mentally manipulate people. Within yeah. Them. A kind of witch's coven. For centuries, they have met to read from this book and worship the Prince of Darkness. Today, they've degenerated... It ends at 108.15. Yeah. It's a she's, no, she's she, just, she goes from here until 8 15. She explains yeah. uh, what happens. Yeah, she's she's saying it's it's turned into a social club. Bored millionaires and celebrities who use its meetings as an excuse to indulge their jaded sexual appetites. <laughs> I myself so she's describing government, <laughs> <laughs> you know, right? It belonged to the order years ago. But time is too precious at my age. Besides, my orgy days are over. <laughs> I told them to go to the devil. <laughs> you mean it's all about sex or? Of course not. They're under the illusion that they owe their money and success to membership in right. the order. Do they still meet? Every year on the anniversary of Tokyo's death. They'll be meeting very soon now. So I think she explained a few things right there is what not keeps people one. trapped in these fucking I things. Took my right. And uh, the order is just a degenerate place for them to like indulge in their fantasies and shit. And that's kind of like what the OTO is, you know, maybe that's what the AA is. Who knows? Yeah. I don't, I don't know much about them, but, but the OTO is just a bunch of perverts, you know, I mean, not really, but you know, they, they're not doing their will. They're Very doing, sexual. Yeah. 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 Towns, but they were penniless. So Liana used his dollars to restore her chateau and buy the nine gates. If he ever finds out what his wife gets up to at these gatherings, he'll probably kill himself. Funny you should say that, Baroness. He hanged himself last week. Yeah. Who exactly are you? I guess I get it. We can probably actually just uh, here now and then we'll continue on to the next one. Hold on. Yeah, we started up where, where we're going. Exactly. Where we, yeah, we're gonna left off. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, thanks for having me again. This is yeah, yeah. great. And, uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll see you next week, everybody. Sounds good. Yes, uh, please. Uh, if you liked it, uh, pass it on. And uh, yeah, I guess until the next one next week, uh, everybody be well. Later. <laughs>